Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Warning. This program may contain material of an explicit or graphic nature. Viewer discretion is advised. Broadcasting Undead from the B-Ward, this is the Postmortem Show. I'm Dom. And I'm JD. And today, we're going to create our own horror movie sitcoms. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. <laughs> we have been waiting for you. <laughs> and now we're going to kill you. So, I don't know how you went about your list, Dom, but uh, for my list, I combined existing sitcoms with characters from existing horror movies. Yeah, so did I. So did yeah. you, okay. And I also... Have a little bit of audio clips that I prepared for. Yeah, you had mentioned that before. I didn't have an opportunity to do that with the insanity of this weekend. That's okay, Don. A lot has been going on. Love is a battleground. But I did watch a goddamn amazing movie this week. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, my list, my good bad movies are, uh, they're movies. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so we got create a horror movie sitcom. We got the good movie and the bad movie. But before that. We got a little bit of horror news for ya. Horror news. Alright, Dom, I'll start us off this week. Fire away. Have you ever wanted your very own killer clown from outer space, Dom? Yeah. Thought about it? Yeah. Once or twice in your life? Ah, (laughs) Bodol. Well now, since it's the thirtieth anniversary of the cult classic, you have the chance to own your very own. One of five different puppet clown designs based on the movie. Wow. They're made by the Kyoto Brothers, who handmade the effects in the original, and are knock-my-block-off action puppets. Is that, oh, that's why, like, where the punch the head, punch the yeah, head, the head yeah, comes yeah. off? Yeah. yeah. The brand-new but familiar-looking clowns designed for the line are named Blubbo, Droog, Gvetch, Ozob, and Snarls, with 125 puppets being made for each character, they're built by the Chiodos as one-of-a-kind, highly detailed, hand-painting, punch-pumping action... Uh, p- punching action puppets. 
Not pumping. Hand pumping action. <laughs> Hand painted pumping action puppets are three thousand punishing RPMs. <laughs> That's our rating system. Each puppet is selling for two hundred dollars each because they're one of a kind. You can get them on the Kyoto Brothers Square website if you're interested in these things. So are are these the clowns from the original movie or are they new clowns? They're they're new clowns, but they look like the originals, just slightly different colors and stuff. I don't know if it's a copyright issue, but uh-huh. They're, it looked like the clowns from the movie to me, right. but I think he slightly altered like colors or put some more paint on them or gotcha. something. I don't know. Yeah, the Chandler Brothers never really made any movies after Killer Clowns, did they? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they're the yeah. they're the uh, director or anything. I just think. yeah, they, they they made the movie. Oh, they did. Yeah. Um. I I don't think they ever made anything else though. I mean, maybe they worked on other people's stuff, but it's just one of those movies that that was all they needed. Yeah, <laughs> one and done. Like first-person shooter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first-person shooter is awesome. And speaking of first-person shooters, I have some news that you're going to like. All right. Bethesda has released the first teaser trailer for Doom Eternal, and from the looks of things, it appears that the game is going to bring hell to Earth. The trailer doesn't reveal much except for a burning cityscape infested by demons, an armored boot stomping on a demon skull, and a shotgun being racked. But that's enough for me. The first gameplay trailer will be released at the upcoming QuakeCon in Dallas, Texas, and you can view the teaser now on YouTube by searching, searching Doom Eternal or check it out on iHorror.com. Doom 2 Hell on Earth, the best game ever, the yeah. original. So I hope I hope it is as good as Doom 2. Yeah. The first Doom remake was amazing. Great it was game. great. Great game. But if they could tweak some things, make Doom 2 a little better, it'd be just like the original. Because yeah. Doom 2 is the best Doom. I don't care what anyone oh, says. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure it is. Doom 2 is the best, and the Hell on Earth concept, you know... So many more kills that way. Yeah, and like other stuff going on, and especially with like the the up the uh, the the better graphics and processing in the machine, like they could have like you know you could save fucking busfuls of, of fucking preschoolers from being eaten by demons or Tackling something. Demons. Yeah, <laughs> getting raped by an arch file. Horrible way to go when you're in a religious preschool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Dom, have you seen Demolition Man? With Wesley Snipes and yes. yeah, that's a great movie. Of course, yeah. Sylvester Stallone. It's 1993 sci-fi action film, Demolition Man, set in the year 2032, not too far in the distant future. I actually used to have the poster for that movie on my wall as a kid. Well, in that movie, Taco Bell was the only restaurant to survive the franchise wars. That's right. Meaning, literally every other restaurant in the film's future world is Taco Bell. If you ever wanted to eat at one of those Taco Bells of the future, you might want to plan a trip to San Diego Comic Con. Because Thursday, July 19th to Saturday, July 21st, Taco Bell will be paying tribute to the 21st anniversary of Demolition Man with a limited-time pop-up shop dubbed Taco Bell 2032 Demolition Man Experience, a recreation of the futuristic Taco Bell from the film. Do you think there's the shells in the bathroom? <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> How do you use the shells? That's, that's, that's pretty weird, huh? Yeah. Demolition Taco. Yeah. I, I mean, system. that's pretty much every I think that's taco the episode anyway. name. Demolition <laughs> Taco? Yeah, Demolition Taco. So so my question is, though... Mexican uh, Grindcore Man? <laughs> yeah, you, you've got the, the, the Demolition Man Taco Bell. You've got the potential to have the shells in the bathroom. Do you get to virtual reality fuck Sandra Bullock? I don't know. Because I'm sold on all three things. You, are you going to make her Chalupa Supreme? <laughs> by adding sour cream to the that's normal right, Chalupa? Yeah. Are you make it a Supreme? That's right, make it Supreme. Supreme Bullock but it, Chalupas. It, it's that's, only... That's our new rating system. <laughs> Supreme Bullock Chalupas. Nice. <laughs> Squirt. Well, speaking of food, Funko is releasing a new line of breakfast cereals based on horror icons. The first run will feature Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Beetlejuice, Elvira, and Pennywise cereals. 
Each box will be filled with a fruit-flavored, colorful cereal, each cereal colored based on its character it represents, and will contain as a prize a mini pop based on the brand. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Elvira cereal. Elvira cereal. Finally eat some Elvira in the morning. Guess what? You know I'm going to be getting it. Look around this place. Yeah. They ain't no joke. Yeah, it it is not. (laughs) All right. So we talked a little bit about Luca Guadagnino. I can't say those Italian names. You got to help me out. Luca Guadagnino's remake of Dario Argento's Suspiria. Now, in a recent interview with IndieWire star uh, Chloe Grace Moretz chats about the remake and compares it to the work of the late, great Stanley Kubrick. Wow. The remake of Suspiria. She says, This is a really big statement, but this is the closest to modern Stanley Kubrick I've ever seen. You're put into a world which I I can only describe it like as being The Shining in a lot of ways, where you're just encompassed in a filmmaker's brain and you're just implanted in there and there's nothing like it you'll ever see. Hmm. It was a crazy movie to be a part of. It was so secretive that it's super locked down, and I wanted to be secretive because you guys are going to be so shocked because it gets wild and crazy. I can say I speak German mainly in the movie, so you won't recognize me very well. I seem like a different person, and I sound like a different person. So she's so, an actress. Yeah. She sounds pretty <laughs> dumb. Yeah. It's like The Shining. Well, she, I've never seen the original Suspiria, but this one's like The Shining. Isn't she like 17, though? You she's know, The 17? Shining? Didn't that have the guy from Wings? <laughs> The Shining. I saw it on TV. Was it, wasn't the Joker in it? <laughs> I, th- I think she's super young, though. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll give her a pass. Yeah. Well, in Suspiria, uh, Dakota Johnson stars as Susie Banyan. As darkness builds at the center of a world-renowned dance company, its artistic director, played by Tilda Swinton, a young American new to the troupe, Johnson, and a grieving th- psychotherapist, played by Everett Durf, becomes entangled in a bloody signing, uh, signing nightmare. So... The cast also includes Chloe Grace Moretz, Tilda Swinton, Mia Goth, Sylvie Tested, Angela Winkler, Malgozia Beller, and Lutz Ebersdorf. Malgozia? Malgozia. That's, a, that's like a Ghostbusters name. <laughs> <laughs> there should be a painting of that hung up here in the B-Word. Radiohead's Tom York composed the score. Wow. David Kajinich wrote the film, and it's been co-financed by Amazon Studios and K-Period Media. So this is going to be coming out on Amazon. Wow. I am excited Eventually, to see after. this. Who knows if it's going to be in in the theaters or not? So. I'm, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of Italian horror. I actually just rewatched uh, Fulci's The Beyond last night. It's such a fucking weird movie. Um, so I'm glad to see Italian horror getting a little bit more attention. And, we should uh, uh, get our our buddy Max Amo to call in from Costa Rica. Yeah, or Uruguay, or where did he move? Somewhere like that. I think he's in Costa Rica. Yeah, Costa Rica, somewhere in yeah. South America. He's the biggest Italian horror film I know. Yeah. I Italian horror never really grabbed me. Really? Yeah, I like I some it. of the classics, but uh, some of it's some bullshit. Yeah. You know, I'll come well, out and say it. Yeah, it's people are going to be upset about it, <laughs> but you know what? I don't like a lot of Dario Argento movies and stuff. Hmm. I don't. It's, it's very it's not slow. Gory enough. It's boring. But great Fulci, music. Though. Fulci though. Fulci's totally fucking gory. Like Fulci was the fucking. Fulci's got some good stuff, yeah. but it's very boring as well. Yeah. I'll say he's got some good stuff. Uh, what's that movie with the the eye poke through the thing? Zombie. No. Uh, no. Uh, into the. Is it City of the Living Dead? Or is it a saw I'm thinking of? I can't remember. There's good stuff in there. Yeah. Trust me, there is. I believe it. But it is... For every ten movies, there's one that's good. Yeah. That's, well, there's I a mean, lot of shit. The, a lot of horror is like that too, though. So, <coughs> yeah, it's just... I hold my Italians up to a higher standard, Don. Yeah. And you're my favorite Italian. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> now go make me some fucking pasta. Oh, look, you made me some pasta. Hey, it's a I'm pasta. Gonna take, I'm going to take a big bite of it right now, right into the microphone. 
I have some real world horror news. Okay. And you're eating right now, so this is going to be great. I will eat throughout your entire horror news right now. Sorry, guys. I don't mean to eat on the show. I've never done this before. Yeah. According to the New England Journal of Medicine, a 32-year-old Russian woman recently noticed strange nodules forming below her eyes, which later moved down to her upper lip, causing it to swell ginormously. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Those are my I'm words. Done. I'm done eating. <laughs> the nodules occasionally itched and burned, but she had no other symptoms to point at a cause. She went to a small-town doctor, and they couldn't figure it out, so eventually she went to a doctor in a large city, and it turned out that she had a parasitic roundworm called Durofilaria living in her face. The worm is commonly transmitted from dogs to humans via mosquito bite, and while the human immune system usually kills the parasite quickly, in some rare cases the worm survives and lives and travels through the human skin all over their body, feeding on cellular material. The seven-inch long was removed from the woman's face using forceps. She is expected to make a full recovery with minimal scarring. Yeah, that's not good. Pulled a fucking... And there was a picture of it. They pulled a fucking seven-inch worm out of this chick's face. It's gross. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That is pretty gross. Uh, I don't know. I think I'll take another bite right now. <laughs> that seven-inch wormy this pasta. Is, and then this is covered with a mushroom. It'll probably sound the same. This is me biting into that seven-inch worm. <laughs> Delicious. That's enough of that shit, Dom. That's enough horror news this week. That's enough. We got some good shit to get to. We do. We got horror movie sitcoms. Create a horror movie sitcom. And we got the good movie and the bad movie after this. Up right now on the Postmortem Show Patreon, we have Creepy Pastas. Hey, it's a creepy pasta. That's a spicy horror meat the ball. We have Postmortem Off Topic. As well as Strogue Stocks. We've been sending out stickers to all of our patrons, as well as handwritten letters, letters of love, listener shoutouts. And if you go check out our music section, you can hear music from Weapon A, Grave Command, Public Defecation, Old Scratch in the Necrophonic Orchestra, and Mechanical Ghost. As well as the Best of JD Horror Deathmatch Series Volume 1 DVD Video Download. We have shirts coming for our $50 patrons, as well as you patrons that are below the $50 level. We will be giving discounts on the shirts to sell on the website as well. So, more stuff coming, new off-topics, new creepypastas, a lot more on Postmortem Show Patreon. Thank you if you're a patron, and if you're not a patron, why the fuck not? Just give us one month. One month. You won't be sorry. It'll change your life. (laughs) And you get the episodes early. Forgot to say that. You get the episodes early every week. We're going to do this commercial every week and kind of update it, so... Until all of you are patrons. <laughs> Until all so of you are patrons. So if you're sick of it, do your part in making us not have this commercial anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thanks a lot, guys. It's time for the good movie. And the bad movie. Ah! Alright, we're back. Biff's in the studio. And Biff is joining us here in the in the B-Ward. So Named after we, him, yeah. the Biff Ward. If you hear any sounds of ball licking, it's totally Biff. Yeah, it's Biff. It's Biff. It's not me eating pasta anymore. Because I'm licking <laughs> his balls. It's just, actually it's the same sound. It is. How do you know I ever ate any pasta? In this you could have just been licking Biff's balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Speaking of licking balls, my first movie this week, it licked the taint. Okay. And I didn't expect it to, although I kind of did because it's been so long since it came out, and I've avoided it, I heard bad things, but I had to bring myself to watch it based on who made it. So, 2012, written and directed by Pascal Lafayette, the director of Martyrs, mm. starring Jessica Biel and Jodel Ferlin, a.k.a. Alessa from Silent Hill, the Tall Man. Oh, you watched it? I, I haven't watched seen it yet. The Tall Man. Yeah. You haven't seen it yet? No. In 2018, it yeah. came out in 2012. Well, the, re- the reason I say that is because Michelle and I discussed watching it um, this weekend, and we watched Reanimator instead. Good choice. Yeah. You made the right decision. She'd never seen Reanimator. Wow. Yeah, Michelle. So, wow. I had to show it to her. Wow. She liked it. I take personal offense. When somebody says, I've never seen Reanimator, but they're a listener of the show, I take personal fucking Offense to that, Michelle. <laughs> I will saw... berate you the next time I see you. What do you mean you saw Reanimator in June of 2018? After I've been talking about it on the show for over two goddamn years, every episode, my favorite movie of all time. Anyways, back to the Tall Man. Not Reanimator, <laughs> and not Ingrid Scrim either. That would have been a lot better. This film is about a legend that is started by the town folk of Cold Rock. Since the children in the town have been going missing, people have been saying it's an entity known as the Tall Man who's been taking them. Julia Denning, played by Jessica Beale, is a local nurse whose husband died years earlier. She is soon personally involved as her child is taken. She tries to track down where the child is taken, but finds there's more to what's happening than she knew. The townsfolk start to turn on her, and the truth comes out. But there's more to the story. Who is the Tall Man? What is the truth behind the disappearances. Boy! So, I like I said, I avoided this movie because I heard bad things, and Martyrs is a perfect movie. So good. And this is what he made right after he made Martyrs. He came to America to make it, right? I, yeah, I believe so. It's a uh, lot so of he, famous American he, actors. He probably got studio raped by maybe, it. Maybe, yeah, same with the guy who remade Inside. Same with the guy who made uh, Stratus Kidnapped. Yeah. Um, making the Inside remake was horseshit. So... Pascal Lafayette has talent. This is his foray into the mainstream with more of a jump-scare, big Hollywood movie that just came and went, and there was a reason for that. Dr. Julia Denning, played by Jessica Biel, is bombarded by a pregnancy surprise teen and helps the girl and the baby. We then get some ridiculous over-the-top opening credits, which was actually pretty sweet. I like the opening credits, but it's a bunch of news clips of the missing kids, like with the legend and you know, paper, newspaper and that kind of stuff. I think top five opening credit sequences would be a good top five. Yeah, opening or closing. Yeah. Top five credit sequences. Yeah. That would be a good list. Because, like, Reanimator has such a good credit sequence. It is. It's you know, the best. Yeah. Universally recognized as the best. Yeah. Top five opening credits that aren't Reanimator. Yeah, well, you can't have Reanimator on your list anymore. I know, it's been banned <laughs> from the show. We then meet the locals and the sheriff played by the fucking smoking man from the X-Files. So I was like, man, I like this. Yeah, that's promising. Smoking man... Jessica Biel, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake, very hot. Yeah. So, also, uh, or I said, I should say, after Dr. Dunning is gone, she comes home to find her babysitter beaten and tied up with her daughter whisked away by a tall man in a snow jacket who was not Doug Jones. That could have saved this movie. You're going to make a movie called The Tall Man and you're not going to have Anger Scrim or Doug Jones in it? Jesus Christ. She tries to save her daughter by jumping onto his truck but is bitten by a dog and then knocked out. You remind me so much of the Bye Bye Man, and that is not a good thing. No, even we, though that is we, Doug we Jones talk a man. in the in the Bye Bye. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about that. <laughs> that, that, that it that, was actually you know what, that was Doug Jones. No, you know where they went wrong? They had a CGI Doug Jones. Yeah, yeah, they should have had the practical Doug Jones yeah. do that. 
So that's why. So, Martyrs was so well written and such a unique concept, well executed. The story is as generic as its name, The Tall Man. Lafayette jumped the shark by cashing in and going super mainstream in vanilla. Got a corny narration and child deducting small town legend. The score is happy. It's literally like radio jingle worthy or like a J.C. Penny commercial or something. Weird. The worst part about this whole fucking thing is and you haven't it's, seen it's him happy, yet, but it's not like Tim Burton score happy. Where it's no. like it's like creepy happy. It's no. not that. It's just happy. Huh. The worst part about this whole thing is that you haven't seen David because he's not here. He's staying at his friend's house. Right. But he got his haircut. Like the weird side nipple guy from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the ge- next generation. <laughs> like when he has no sideburns, it's just nothing right here yeah. on the side right here. Yeah. And he looks just like that guy. And I got thinking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation, because I was watching The Tall Man. And I realized that Martyrs, Pascal Laffier, is just a ripoff, a high-produced ripoff of the guy's backstory that is the side nipple guy in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation. Torturing people for a transcendent experience. I'm sorry, dear. It was supposed to be so transcendent. Blah, blah, blah. It's the same through line as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation. I'm going to cry. I still love Marvel <laughs> Mar- Martyrs, but I don't love the tall man. Mm-hmm. And doesn't it... Can you see it? Yeah, I, I don't can. know if anyone's ever made that connection like I have. Yeah. As, as soon as you mentioned it, it was just like... It was like a fucking M. Night Shyamalan good movie yeah. moment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so. Wow. Wow. It's, the tall man is just, it's not, it's not Martyrs. It's nowhere close to Martyrs. Is how, Where is it between Martyrs and the Martyrs remake? Probably slightly above the remake. Okay. The remake is garbage, yeah. hot garbage. Yeah, absolutely. IMDb gives us 5.9. I'm going to give it. 4.8 Supreme Bullock Chalupas. Those are center bullocks that have been filled up with sour cream. cream. Okay. So, uh, my bad movie. It's a 2017 supernatural horror directed by F. Javier Gutierrez. Streaming now on Shudder. Which the tall man is also, if you feel inclined to watch it after that review. Oh, I should have said that, yeah. It's Rings. Yeah. Now, hold on a second, though. It's horrible. I didn't even review it, Dom. I couldn't even review it on the show. You, I watched it so you long watched ago. it so long ago. Okay, and I couldn't even review it. You know why? Because I couldn't finish it, and I don't review movies that uh, I don't finish. So, the reason I'm reviewing it is because I, I thought it was better than I anticipated it to be. Really? And and and, and it's the ending. It's the last, very last section of the movie that redeems it. So. The synopsis, officially, is a young woman finds herself on the receiving end of a terrifying curse that threatens to take her life in seven days. It's the same old shit as all the other Ring movies. You know, uh, you know the people watch the curse tape, they have to go get other people to watch her, they die, which leads to a mystery that the main characters have to uncover. You know, there's the usual Samara crawling out of TVs, weird flash imagery, and, you know, the scenes involving people pulling strands of hair out of their throat and all that. It hits all the marks. But there were some new elements added, including a college professor performing an experiment involving a round robin of students who watch the tape and then pass it around so they never die while watching it. And I thought that was an interesting idea, and I wanted to see more of that. But the movie like cut that part short as soon as they introduced it. Yeah, it was just like the part in, you know. And uh, if you know, it, it also answers some of the criticisms of the past Ring movies, like why don't people just go where there's no TV or smash or unplug their TV. Before Samara can get out. Um, 
But what got interesting to me was the main part of the plot where the characters go to the town where Samara was born to uncover her history. Um, because basically where it went at the very end of the story was that it's it's a retelling of the Fritzel case from Austria. Where the guy like fucked his own daughter and had a family with her and kept her locked in a second house that he built in his basement. I heard about that, yeah. It's yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah, it, it was a retelling of that story. And Vincent D'Onofrio was the bad guy. What is this? In rings, that's in the, rings, that, really? That's that's the last like quarter of rings. Wow! Is is it? You know, it's it's the same old. I shit. didn't watch that. Yeah. yeah, it's the same old shit. It's the same old shit, and I'm like, oh wow, yeah, this is the same old shit. You know, it brings nothing new to the table. And then in that last quarter, as soon as they introduce Vincent D'Onofrio as the the blind cemetery caretaker who used to be a preacher, like that's way too much of a backstory for a character. Yeah, a blind cemetery caretaker that used to be a preacher. Yeah, the, the, they, who's they, also uh, fucking has his daughter in a cell. That's way yeah. too many. They 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 that's over, horrible writing. They over convoluted it. But <laughs> that very last section was like, oh, this is suddenly neat. <laughs> and um, most of the acting in the movie was generic. Um, I thought Johnny Galecki, who's from Roseanne and the Big Bang Theory, does a good job as the professor. And I thought Vincent D'Onofrio. Gave one of those performances, like we talked about over the last couple of shows, like Helen Mirren in Winchester, where he didn't have to give it 100% for this movie. He could have just, like, fucking phoned it in and got a paycheck. But he did. You know, he acted. And, and he, he brought the menace that... I like him. Yeah, I, I love him. And, and he, he does menace. You know he directs now, too? Yeah. I've never seen any of his Yeah, I haven't either. I'd, but I'd like to check it out. Yeah, and, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio, just, he can do menace, and he can do that quiet menace. And, yeah. And, and he brought it, and that was really good. So, on the whole... This was a eh movie that added a little more to the ring mythos, whether we wanted it or not. Uh, there were some interesting twists at the end, and a few better than they needed to be performances, which saved it a little bit. This is definitely the worst of the three American ring movies, but it's not the absolute worst movie I've ever seen, and it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. So uh, IMDb gives it 4.5 out of 10, and I'm going to go with that. 4.5 out of 10... Supreme Bullet Chilipus. Wow, when I started watching it, I had it down at like a one five when I turned it off. Like I was starting Yeah, yeah it, it got to that point where, where I, yeah, I, 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 said, I was I didn't hang around for the end yeah. and that's why I don't review it because you know, if I would have reviewed that mm-hmm. and not done my due diligence and finished it, yeah. I would have ignored that entire part you said that was good. So yeah. I'm glad I didn't. But I, that's why I don't ever review a movie that I haven't fully watched. Yeah. I, it's not fair to the director. It's not fair to the yeah. movie itself. You and, know. you know, sometimes sometimes a really, really good ending can make a mediocre movie better. I have a crossover from your horror news and The Ring. And this just came to me right now. Uh-huh. So, you know, we are talking about Doom on your horror news. You know the original Doom... You can run it, like, on toasters and refrigerators and stuff. Like, there's so many different things that have a menu in the newer kind of menu that's a digital display. Oh, Printers. Okay. Digital cameras can play Doom. Yeah, I used oh, to have so. a, a TI-86 calculator. That so, could play Doom I think that the best way they could ever do anything involving the ring, because why wouldn't you break your TV, like you said? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you break your TV or leave where there was no TV? Well, if it could be any kind of monitor system that basically the ghost could hack into and it was on your fucking toaster or your microwave or your new age refrigerator or anything like that's like black mirror slash the ring yeah well that's it, it towards the end of the movie she fucked with someone's cell phone when she couldn't get through them through a tube mm-hmm. out of them through a tv and then th- there was a part where they tried to smash the tv and that just made like water come out of the tv and it made it easier for her to come out so i thought that was kind of cool too that is pretty and cool. then there was another part where they tried to flip the tv on its face to prevent her from coming out and she like leaked out from under it 
<laughs> yeah, there, there was, I, I think that the guy who made this movie is probably a good director that got saddled with a shitty script. Yeah, it's The Ring 3. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not as bad as that fucking uh, uh, Sadako versus Toshio or whoever it is with the, the Ring and Grudge crossover movie. Yeah, like I that, didn't watch that. That one's bad. Yeah. Um, it, it's not quite that bad. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna go, I'm going to say it's, it's below average, but... Uh, if you're a fan of the Ring series, fucking watch it, you know. But I have kind of similar for my good movie. My my, uh, how can I say it? I'm relenting by calling this my good movie. This week. <laughs> it's <laughs> a battle of attrition. It's a, yeah, it is. It really is for me to call this my good movie this week. But I have to because I only got to watch two movies this week. I'm still in the middle of a lot of shit with the house, as yeah. you know. Studios are like half taken apart. Here. It is. Yeah, we're doing some construction here. We're going to be. Hopefully upgrading, getting a bigger house soon. So I'm getting this place ready. Nice. Getting it ready, getting the plan going, Dom. Got a plan. So I know all about living so in the construction zone. So. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're my, doing the same thing. Yeah, my, uh, my, my bathroom fucking like, uh, uh, vanity came in today. Like The shipping people dropped it off. And I've never been so excited over a sink. <laughs> <laughs> Dom, you're so older. Yeah, fuck. Uh, you know, when I went to over there to the... The restaurant the other day, bad service, Dom. <laughs> bad service. Horrible service, Dom. <laughs> I was there for seven minutes, Dom. They let black folks sit at the counter. <laughs> 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 All right, so my movie this week, my second movie this week, 2018, directed by Johannes Roberts, who did 47 Meters Down, the shark movie, which okay. I also regrettingly... That week was also, I think, my good movie. Or maybe it was my bad movie. No, but it, was it was your just, good movie, but you... you I watched a those, stinger, though. Yeah. That, you know, yeah, one of those busy weeks where I couldn't watch a third movie to try to find something better, so... Starring Christina Hendricks and Martin Henderson, The Strangers Pray at Night. Oh, you watched it? I watched it, so... I'll give you the synopsis, which you don't need for a movie like The Strangers. You don't yeah. really need the synopsis. It's a home invasion I'll, movie. I'll, I'll give it to you anyway. Family's road trip takes a dangerous turn when they arrive at a secluded mobile home park to stay with some relatives and find it mysteriously deserted. Under the cover of darkness, three masked psychopaths pay them a visit to test for the family's every limit as they struggle to survive. So this family vacation starts off with tension. The daughter, Kinsey, has been screwing up, so they're sending her off to some kind of reform school or maybe like Colonel Oates' Alaskan military school. She's going to have to drop and give him infinity. Infinity. Silky boy, silky girl. <laughs> Silk comes from the butt of Chinese worms. So, family comes to an abandoned trailer park to spend the night, which is never really explained. They just kind of get there, and they're supposed to meet someone there. Never but... stayed in an abandoned trailer park. <laughs> it's abandoned because, in the beginning, the owner was killed by one of the strangers, one of the people in the masks. Okay. I get a mask under the hood. The people under the hood, as we say in the biz. Yeah. <laughs> but none, none, of them are, none of them are Nathan Basil. <laughs> none of them are. As they continue to, uh, a, a teenage girl knocks on the door, asking if Tamara is home. She says Tamara home. Never shows her face. And then she comes back later on, asking for Tamara again, and then leaves slowly, walking off through the field both times. Like, and then we find. Hello, all over the windows, written all over the windows when they try to look out the window after her, and the dead body of the property manager. And the masked characters start popping up and stabbing people. So, Strangers 1 was an average at best home invasion movie. I think part 2 has sort of stepped up his game. This is still some big budget bullshit kind of 
horror movie, you know, mm. popcorn horror movie. But I watched this with my kids. I watched this, you know, and they they liked it. Okay, you know, they were into it. They were scared. They, you know, <laughs> there needs to, movies like this need to exist to get people into horror movies yeah. that can be exposed to it at a younger age and then find the good shit. Yeah, you know, you watch Strangers at, at 12, 13, and then you watch... Or um, 6, if you're my yeah, daughter. Yeah, or 6. And then you watch Inside, you know, when you're a little bit older mm-hmm. and can, can handle a little bit more. Now, I, I I thought the first Strangers was average, but I thought that part of the very end when, they're, when she was like, why are you doing this? And they're like, because you were home. Like, I thought that was something that, like, kind of took the movie up a notch a little bit. Yeah. But it, it was just that little thing, that little bit There's of There's a similar line in this one. I'm not yeah. going to tell you what it is. I'll tell you after the show because I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. But I, I figured... It's the best part of the movie. Yeah. All the they can do is rehash. Yeah. It all, it's all it is. It's the same thing. And there's a similar, really good one-liner. And it's... Yeah, that's... So... It's very similar to the movie Vacancy with Luke Wilson because they're in this one little mobile home park like hotel area, but it's a little bit better. It's not the people's home, so it's not really a home invasion. You know, they're out at a. It's more like a travel horror movie than a home invasion. Okay. You know, because they're out at. They're not at their house. Yeah. You know, home invasion to me, you have to be on your own, your sacred yeah. area. And the, someone the invades, violates the sanctity of your home. Violates yeah. the sanctity of your home and your wife and or children. So. Violating the sanctity of Christina <laughs> Hendricks. <laughs> so this movie isn't revolutionary by any means, but there's some really tense scenes. Although not super gory, it's trying to be a mindfuck more than that. I thought I was going to hate it, but I was pleasantly surprised. Maybe it's because I was watching it with my kids and they were popping for it. And, you know, I kind of was in a good mood. So maybe I try to give it more of a chance than it deserves. But uh story is anything spectacular. But what is, is the cinematography and the direction. There's some nice long takes the ending was super shitty, though. No. So, I would say that for Johannes Roberts, I don't know if he wrote this, I know he directed it, but he definitely has an eye. There's some scenes in this and 47 Meters Down, some cinematography, some long shots, just some little little things here and there that's just good filmmaking, even though the movie isn't great. Okay. Even though the script isn't great, even though the movie isn't great, there's some good filmmaking elements in Johannes Roberts. So, IMDb gives it a 5.3. This is my good movie of the week, Dom, because it's better than my other movie. <laughs> but I'm going to have to give it 6.0 Supreme Bullock Chalupas. Well, that's still above average, so... <laughs> yeah, I'd say that there's different levels of hate after 5. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, there, there is a big difference between like a 6 and an 8. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so many, we were but where, where there's not much of a six. difference between like a, a, a 2 and a, a a four, there's not much of a difference. I would say there is. Yeah. If I'm down, if I'm down between zero and one or two, that's there's some fucking brewing hatred. There. Yeah, yeah. That's there's true. some brewing hatred there. Yeah. If you're up at a, a four or five, it's just a shitty movie. Yeah. So you got to be down to get a zero or a one or a two. There's some hatred. <laughs> hatred. Simmering <laughs> hatred. So you got a good movie this week. I have a great movie this week. One that I actually got off my ass and went to the theater with my fucking broken back to go and see because I wanted to see it so much. And I didn't know much about it going into it, which I think helped, because there's a lot of hype surrounding this movie that I heard about later. But uh, it's a 2018 supernatural horror directed by Ari Aster in theaters now, and it's hereditary. Dom, I would like you to make a special extra effort in this movie's case, not to spoil oh, anything. Oh, I, I did. Because, yeah, because I heard yeah. that there's a lot of, yeah. a lot of things that yeah. would ruin it if you knew about it, and yeah. I really want to see this movie. Yeah. I know probably a lot of our listeners, by the time this episode comes out, this is probably out of theaters, but, and I didn't get to catch it in theaters, but not yet released on DVD or anything like right. that. 
So yeah, no, I, I, you know, usually I'm kind of a dick about spoilers because I don't give a fuck about them. But in in cases like this movie, spoilers like like the the surprises in this movie really make the movie. So, yeah. so I'm not gonna go there. But uh, the the synopsis is fairly simple. After the matriarch passes away, a grieving family is haunted by tragic and disturbing occurrences that begin to unravel dark secrets. Oh my god, this movie right here is the movie that the witch and Veronica wanted to be. <laughs> it's so fucking good. It's damn near perfect in every way. And like I said, I'm not going to give away too much, uh, except to say that, in my opinion, this is the best, one of the best cinematic ghost stories I've seen since the others. Oh, it's a fucking ghost movie? They never say that. They never put it over as a ghost it's, movie. That makes me kind of... There's uh, ele- there's elements of it. Dumb- there, there's so much more. Okay. There's, I, I don't want yeah. to cut you off. Yeah. I don't want to... I just just go. I have some questions okay. for you at the end. Wait, wait, when I say it's a ghost story, that is simplifying it to the most like simple extent. Like if, if like when 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 the kids asked me what movie I saw, and I said Hereditary, and they said what's that? I said it's a ghost story because they cannot wrap their heads around what this More movie com- what it yeah. is the con- conceptually. Um, so I'll start with the acting. The acting in this movie is fucking spectacular. Tony Collette gives a stellar performance as a woman losing her mind. Gabriel Byrne plays an extremely sympathetic character as a father trying to hold his crumbling family together. And Alex Wolfe is the teenager, and he shows just the right level of vulnerability to keep his character likable, even after he does some really fucked up things. Like, the whole cast is fantastic. That's awesome. Um, the special effects are great. I believe it's 100% practical, even the sequences involving fire. If there is any CG in this movie, it's expertly hidden to make everything feel authentic. Wow, okay, I was expecting it to be CG. Me too. When you said ghost stories, especially. Um, It really upped the creep factor in the movie. Because once the supernatural shit hit the fan, it made all of the weirdness feel tangible and real. And the highlight of this movie, especially for a sound nerd like me, is that the sound design in this movie is fantastic. Which is why I I, really think if if you can see this movie in the theater... Go see it, or you have the five point one. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, we have uh, we don't have seven point one, but we have five point yeah. one here in one hundred twenty inches. So it's like it can be. I can get the same mm-hmm. theater experience at home yeah. to where I'm not really going much, yeah. you know. Unless it's something I that I think like this movie, I really wanted to go to the theater. I just been too busy yeah. because I was worried about spoilers. Right. That's why I would have went. You yeah. Know? The the sound design of this movie is amazing. They use it not just for the sound, but to weave scenes into each other. And to, like, convey emotion by giving you the sound of something that's happening in another part of the world of, of this film while showing a, the, the emotional state of another character. So, like, one character sees something that is absolutely horrible and you can hear what they're, what they're going through, but then you see the face of the person who knows they're going through it and it creates this, like, double pull of, of emotion and it added this whole other dimension to the movie. Do you know that this is his first movie he ever made? Yeah, first he, he made a, sh- a short film that I watched. He made some shorts. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. I was going to say. Yeah, uh, and his short films are all good. They're not horror, but they're they're weird and dark. And he's not a young guy either. Yeah. Um, the pacing of the story is interesting. The first half of the movie is more drama about family tragedy with no supernatural stuff introduced. But when the supernatural stuff <laughs> is finally introduced, the escalation into batshit insanity is perfectly paced. Uh, it takes its time to set up the emotional core and set the stakes of the situation while building the characters so you care about all of them. And then it takes a hard left turn and goes totally nuts in the best way possible. And even as the story goes relentlessly crazier, it still keeps its focus on the emotional core. And this is literally like, this is the first horror movie I've seen that I can think of 
that like almost brought me to tears because of the identifiable emotions of the people. Wow. Like they're they're because the strong praise. Yeah. The the whole thing is rooted in family and like all this stuff and like yeah like you you can just feel everything while it's happening like yeah. it just punches you you know and and it's it, but but it's like hey okay punch me again. <laughs> um. This movie has been a bit divisive among some viewers. Some people are saying it takes too long to get to the good stuff and that the ending doesn't make sense. I disagree with both of those statements. It's a slow build, but everything happens for a reason, and it's essential to pull you in and make you give a shit. And the ending makes perfect sense if you look at it in the context of what the movie is actually about. The whole movie is an analogy for mental illness. And, you know, like, mental illness that runs in families. And that doesn't also, also doesn't give anything away about what goes on in the movie. Like, it's very clear from the very start of the movie that that's what it's about. Um, and uh, In the future, maybe, um, you know, for movies like this, if we both get a chance to, talk, to see it in the theaters and it's still relevant, mm-hmm. maybe we should have, like, a separate file where we can fully talk about it as if we both saw it and the, and the listener yeah. has seen it. Like, a separate... Like, something on the Patreon Yeah, or something. something on the Patreon that's, like, uh, you know... It has spoilers in it, yeah. and it's like, listen to this, only it's just some extra shit. After, after you've seen So we can all talk yeah, about it. so we can it. actually yeah, like, have yeah. a full of... Movies I, like this that yeah. are so culturally divisive, because we have different opinions on... What's like it? Mother. Mother. Yeah. We agree on The Witch. Yeah. And I think we agree on It Follows, right? Yeah. On, as far as like... That's my number one overrated movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, 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 I definitely like... I, won't, I, I Michelle wanted to see this movie and we tried to see it this weekend, but she had to finish um, her... She's working on her master's degree. She had to finish the paper so she couldn't see it. Like, I want someone to see this movie so I can talk to them about it because there's so much... There's so many levels and layers to it. Um my only is there a master's degree in not seeing reanimator burn <laughs> masters of not seeing reanimator <laughs> probably got that out of a fucking cracker jack box what is that degree from kmart <laughs> not seeing not seeing reanimator doctor you are a master of that you don't need no degree michelle i bet you haven't seen the whole trilogy yet she hasn't seen any of them except the first one. Oh, i'm oh, fixing no, it though no, no. <laughs> um no. I, the marriage is off yeah, the marriage. But she's is seen it. She's seen it now. So, oh yeah, okay. And she the liked mar- it. Michelle, the marriage is back on. Okay. <laughs> uh, my one and only complaint about this movie, which again I won't go into too much detail on, is the final scene involving Gabriel Byrne's character. I felt like it was handled in a way that was kind of rushed and could have been done better. But it's a very small complaint. And aside from that, I mean, this movie's goddamn amazing. Uh, it's an absolute must-see. This is quality filmmaking from a first feature director who has definitely raised the bar and blown all other ghost properties out of the water. James Wan, Lewan L, those guys can learn a thing or two from this guy. And I'm very excited to see what he puts out next. Wow. IMDb gives I don't like any of those other movies you were talking about. No, no. But but they're like the hot properties with yeah, supernatural yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and this guy just fucking, like, like he, he took The Conjuring and fucking Insidious... And, and all that, and he just fucking, just like, he j- gently rested his ball on him, I, and, <laughs> and it collapsed under the weight of his gentle ball rest. <laughs> gentle ball rest. Yeah. IMDb gives this movie 7.7 out of 10, and I say fuck that. This is 9.5 out of 10, Supreme Bowl of Chalupas. I forgot the sound effect this week, so I forgot to, to ask for it. You're going to have to use that, but it's the... It's a Final Fantasy. It's what we give to over a nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, won the battle. 
this movie could have easily, easily been a 10 if not for that one tiny little nitpick because it sat with me. Like, I thought about it afterwards and I was like, ah, that wasn't the right way to handle that. Yeah. But other than that, it's just, it's so good. So, yeah. Well, I will, I for one will be checking it out, even though it's a ghost story. So, only, only if I would have known that, I wouldn't have been so aggressive to see it in the theater, even oh, though I did it. Well, only at the most simplistic level, though. Like, there, there's way more to it than that. Yeah. And, and, right. it, and it's not a ghost story like the other ghost stories that I like are ghost stories. It's not a ghost story like The Changeling or like the others or, or any of those things. Like, it's, it's, there's, there's an element of, of, of the dead returning to do things, but there's so much more to it than that. Yeah. It's, it's huge. And, you know, there, there's, a, there's an occult level to it. And um, the guy gets the occultism down, like they, it's like a mishmash of like, like, um, like Jewish. Um, I can't remember the word right now. Uh, Spitzka, Zoroast- Zoroastrian, uh, uh, Zoroastrian, Zoroastrian. Yeah, is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Zoroastrian, Zoroastrianism, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar's there. He's in the movie. <laughs> and uh, also, the director does little things like um, almost every single scene in the second half of the movie, every shot has six objects of focused into it. Zoroastrian sounds like uh, a racing sport where a horse is riding a human. Ladies and gentlemen, now they're going around the bend. The World Cup of Zoroastrian racing. We have a big peak on top of what is that? What is that? What's that little jockey's name? How can he carry the weight of that giant horse? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tables are turned, bitches, and the horse is just whipping the shit out of the yeah. tiny little man. Those little tiny jockeys that are like child-sized men. They're all wrinkled. And if he gets They're shot. all wrinkled and like weather-beaten from riding these horses all fast. If he gets hurt, you have to shoot him. <laughs> I want to see the. I want to see the horse ride the guy. That fucking guy that was. There's commercials. They they fucking interrupted my Stanley Cup hockey finals with commercials for horse racing, the Triple Crown, whatever. There's a, a horse that won a bunch of races, right? And they were like talking about. They interviewed this guy. This they interviewed is, the horse. No, they interviewed the rider. They're preempting the Stanley Cup final, like game two, to enter to because this guy won the race. Like it wasn't supposed to end that day, so like it was like five minutes late or something. And I had to watch this horse racing shit, which I'm morally against. First right. Of all. Yeah. And this little motherfucker. I want the horse to kick him right in the crow's feet. <laughs> right there. Right on the side of the eye. Old skinny bastard. And DJ. Millions of dead jockeys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Zoroastrian. If you ever hear that term, that's a horse riding a human around a track. Okay. I buy it. <laughs> Dom, you have nothing else to say. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> you, you've taken my words away. <laughs> All right, Dom, get on my back, and we're going to take a lap around the house, and then we'll be back for our top five creative horror movie sitcoms after this. We are now taking pre-orders for the brand new Postmortem Show t-shirts. Yeah. So we have our brand new artwork by Japanese artist Sayozawa. It's fucking awesome. A multi-headed octopus creature with a suit. Slender Biff, HP Biffcraft. With our heads, as well as the heads of some people we talk about sometimes on the podcast. And, uh, and it Morty. Says, if it smells like fish, throw the fucker back. It's classy. It's very classy. It's classy as fuck. It's going to be high quality American t shirts with a white and green logo on it, black shirts. 
for all you fatties out there that want slimming. You don't <laughs> want that white shirt. You're like me. I only wear black. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yep. And the shirt is going to cost $25, shipping including in the continental United States. But our $50 Patreon patrons, patrons get it for free. Our $20 patrons get 25% off. $10 patrons get 15% off. $5 patrons get 10% off. $1 patrons get 5% off. But if you are not a patron and you order this shirt right now, pre-order it by messaging us at postmortemshow at gmail.com or through our Facebook, you will get it for only $20. That's $20, including shipping. Anywhere in the continental U.S., you can pay us through PayPal directly. $20, including shipping. Or after the pre-order is over, you're going to pay $25. So $5 for the shipping. You're getting the shipping for free for being so loyal that you'll give us money when we don't have anything to give you yet. Yet. (laughs) But we will. These shirts are awesome, guys. I will be happy to see pictures of you wearing them. And no pants. Straight up Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) (laughs) So go to www.postmortemshow.com or message us on Facebook. Send an email at postmortemshow at gmail.com or just directly send us the money with your shipping address and your size. And if your size is above 2x, you got to add 2 bucks. 2 bucks for the extra x. Yeah. Or lose some weight. Either way. Lose hey, some weight. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a 3XL. Even if I lost a bunch of weight, I still got big shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. And uh, check out this design. It's pretty awesome. Thanks, guys. And we're back with our top five create a horror movie sitcoms. We're not creating fine art. We're not creating wrestlers on our Nintendo 64s anymore. We're creating sitcoms. Mashing up horror icons some, and sitcoms. I got some jingles too, Dom. Yeah. I got some jingles for you. I'm, I'm excited to hear it. You're going to have to, since you don't have audio clips for yours, before you get to your number five, you'll start us off. Because okay. You don't have an audio clip. I want you to sing the little jingle for your thing and make it up so, on the fly. Well, so some of these have the jingle involved in, okay. in, in it. All right. So, so I'll, I'll go with that. All right. And, 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 and my number five really gets deep into that. Okay. Okay. Well, you start us off this week. All right. Whatever happened to predictability, the milkman, the paperboy, and necrophilia? <laughs> the Firefly clan has moved to San Francisco following the death of their matriarch, and Baby finally popped out a few brats to keep the bloodline going. Now Captain Spaulding and Otis must help her raise the kids the right way, teaching them the balance between school and a social life with serial murder, dead body mutilation, and satanic rituals. Everywhere you look, there's a heart you can hold on to if you have a sharp enough knife. <laughs> In Full House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> Full House of a Thousand Corpses. The title is Michelle's idea. Yeah. I have to give her credit there. I mean, you have to, some, some of it writes itself. My number one is that way. Yeah. I hope that you don't have it because... I think you like my clip. Okay. But that's great. Full House of a Thousand Corpses. No Bob Saget in there. <laughs> I don't know. I could see Bob Saget playing Otis if Bill Mosley didn't want to do I, it. I would say uh, Bob Saget has to be uh, Sid Hayes. <laughs> Captain Spaulding. Yeah. Why can't I think of Captain Spaulding's name? Too many chair shots. Dave Coulier is Otis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give you my number five. And I'm going to start us off with a little clip. Love and Shame. 
Love and chainsaws, Tom. In married with chainsaws. <laughs> <laughs> so, <coughs> Bill Mosley and Christina Applegate star as Bud and Kelly Bundy, and Al Bundy will also be leather Leatherface, but also Al Bundy. Okay. So Al Bundy, hand in the pants, Leatherface mask, to be played by, of course, Ed O'Neill, right. reprising his role as Al Bundy from Married with Children, and then Peg Bundy will be played by. Just for my own amusement, Divine from Pink Flamingos. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the only way to keep a cannibal's hand out of the front of your underwear is to lather yourself in smoking Mountain Barbecue. <laughs> See those commercials? Yeah. I fucking hate that commercial. <laughs> and we can even have a cameo by the weird David Harris side nipple man from Texas Chainsaw since we're going with the Texas Chainsaw theme and we already talked about that this episode. So let's throw a nipple guy in there. All right. I'm good with that. <laughs> You're number four. All right. My number four. We all know the story of the Babadook. We know the story of the douchebag kid Sam and his crazy mother who invokes a fairy tale demon to terrorize her family as she loses her mind. We also know that in the end, her love for her son wins over her madness and her son's douchebaggery. But what if it didn't end that way? What if Amelia succumbed to her insanity and let the Babadook take her son away? And what if Sam was taken to a strange land inhabited by white trash southerners, ruled over with an iron fist by a cigar-chomping, white cowboy-hatted, corrupt, racist lawman? And what if Sam and the Babadook's best weapon against the corruption was a bright orange race car with the Australian flag painted on the hood, and its doors mysteriously welded shut, so the only way to enter was through the car windows? What shenanigans would Sam and the Babadook get into in order to thwart this evil lawman's corrupt schemes? Find out in the Babadooks of Hazard. <laughs> the Babadooks of Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the titles of yours. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go with my number four. But first, I'm gonna play a little clip for it. Nicholas Cage stars in The Fresh Prince of Con Air. Nicholas Cage as the Fresh Prince of Con Air. <laughs> well, not a horror movie. You got a lot of horror movie elements in this, yeah. and I had to I had to go here with this one. So okay. excuse the fact that Con Air is not the greatest horror movie of all time, but it needs to be on the list for this reason. I have some Fresh Prince horror in mind later down the line too. So, all right, uh, so I'll bring it back around. <laughs> when Nicolas Cage accidentally kills a man in a bar fight, he takes a horrible plane ride to go live with his rich black uncle Phil, played by Doctor Phil in blackface. <laughs> Hilarious antics ensue when his dancing nerd rich cousin Carlton, played by Alfonso Ribeiro because he needs the work, and ditzy valley girl slut Hillary, played by Rosie Perez of Perdita Durango, get stuck in a variety of situations our hero has to get them out of. Stay tuned for a very special episode. Why doesn't my dad want me, Uncle Phil? (laughs) Why don't he want me, man? With the crazy Nicolas Cage eyes. (laughs) <laughs> and then Dr. Phil in blackface is Uncle Phil. <laughs> Number three, then. Number three. The Tanners were your average suburban white family until a mysterious craft crash-landed in their backyard, bringing a whimsical alien creature into their life. 
Though often hungry for cats, this strange creature endeared itself to their family by inserting its young into their neighbor's chest cavities, which later came bursting out in a bloody mess of family-friendly hijinks with a moral at the end of each story. <laughs> the Tanners must now resolve their day-to-day normal lives with the fact that they're playing host to an extraterrestrial creature that the government and shady corporations want to kidnap and exploit in Quauf, Queen Alien Life Form. Quauf. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Quauf. So is, so Which Alf is also is, a really, really messy queef. <laughs> so Alf is also the queen alien. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the queen alien, but Alf size. And is it, instead of that awesome queen alien effect, is it going to be like an Alf-style puppet? <laughs> that big is the queen yeah, alien? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Running around their house trying to eat their cat. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, is that number three now? Yeah, number three. All right, my number three. Adam's Family Matters. Nice. A combination of the Adam's Family and Family Matters. So, Wednesday Adams is a deadpan little girl played by current day Jaleel White, Urkel himself in drag. <laughs> Her family moves into a suburban neighborhood next to a cop named Carl Winslow, played by Ice Cube, and his wife Harriet, who's just the evil dead to Henrietta Witch. <laughs> Wednesday's brother Pugsley is played by myself. Okay. Me, JD Horror, as Pugsley. Okay. Because I am a, a, a chubby white kid. Yeah. You know, I, I was formerly a chubby white boy. Now I'm a chubby white man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Christina Ritchie plays Morticia Adams, like we were talking about in the last horror news. Yeah. And there's like an ancestral overtone there where, uh, you know, I'm Pugsley and she's Morticia. Because I'm Pugsley and she's Morticia, right. I have to. If I'm writing and directing this movie or the sitcom, I have to put. I have to get some action there. I, I think I've seen this porn parody. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Fester is going to be played by the reanimated corpse of the American Dream, Death Row. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my Adams Family Matters. Okay. We have Urkel playing Wednesday Adams. <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> Number two, the Connors are a middle-class family who manage to stick together through thick and thin and maintain a sense of humor even in the face of long work days, bills, family drama. All that changes, though, when the matriarch of the family gets hooked on Ambien, which invites a racist Trump-supporting demon into her body, causing her to spew bigoted epithets online as frequently as she projectile vomits pea soup onto her family. (laughs) The only hope of the family is a team of exorcists. Or just kicking her racist bitch ass off the show and letting the rest of the cast go on without her. Remember, kids, when all else fails, blame it on the Ambien in Reagan. <laughs> Reagan. I like that one. Yeah, and uh, why don't you just keep the show going? I hate Roseanne, first of all. Yeah. I've always hated her. Well, that's, that's what they're doing. They're, um, they're kicking her off the show, and they're, they're killing her in continuity, and they're bringing the rest of the cast back as the Connors. That's going to be the new show. And Roseanne doesn't get any royalties from it. Wow. Yeah. Do they get to kill her in real life? What if they tell her, hey, here's the time where we're yeah. going to film, this is how you die, and then they actually kill her. <laughs> it's the first ever snuff sitcom. <laughs> I support this. <laughs> snuff sitcom. That's a great band name. It is, yeah. <laughs> All right. My number two. <laughs> Number 
example I use for Binge and Purge. It is. <laughs> My number two, the Vomit Gore series comes to TV from creator Lucifer Valentine when Hank Skinny stars as Ricky Ricardo in <laughs> Hanky Ricardo. I love Lucifer. <laughs> The Sausage Sisters, a.k.a. the Black Angels of Hell, can take turns playing Lucy, and Doug Jones and Anna Lynn McCord from Excision will play Fred and Ethel. Coming soon to the Travel Channel, for some reason, because it's <laughs> got to be on some network. you got some explaining to do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love Lucifer. <laughs> I'm about that. Alright, my number one. <clears throat> This is a story all about how his life got flipped, turned upside down. I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how he terrorized the town of Bel Air. In 1890, born and raised, in the art studios where he spent most of his days, painting and creating, inventing all cool, and boning white women outside of the school. <laughs> then a lynch mob came. They were up to no good. Started making trouble in his neighborhood. He got his hand cut off, replaced with a hook covered in bees, and his mom got scared. Said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. Say his name three times, say, sorry, say his name five times when you look in the mirror, and you know damn well your death will be near. Some rich kids did it on a dare. Now he's on a murder spree in the town of Bel Air. He'll rip out your guts and seal your fate, seal your fate, leave you a bloody mess. Yo, home, smell you later. Killed Uncle Phil Carlton and both Aunt Vibs. He's racking up a body count, the Candyman of Bel Air. <laughs> <laughs> the Candyman of Bel Air. That is awesome. <laughs> That's much better than my. Uh, Fresh Prince of Con Air. But I had to go there because I just needed to think about Dr. Phil playing Uncle Phil. In blackface. And how I was going to get there, and I couldn't think of anything else than Con Air, Bel Air. Oh, it's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> Let it fly. <laughs> Alright, my number one. Dom, I really hope you, you get this based on the sound clip. Alright. Here's my number one. Your suffering will be legendary. Even in Seattle. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I doubt you, Peg. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do? I spent way too much time making that. How did you do that? Did you just slow it down, or so? Let me get into. Okay, it's Hell Fraser. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> it's Pinhead, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Fraser crossover. Yeah. And what I did is I recorded the beginning myself. Your suffering would be legendary, even in Seattle. Yeah, because that's where. That's a little teaser for you. Yeah, I picked that and up. And then I put some reverb on Fraser's original theme with Kelsey Grammer singing it. Singing it re- some reverb, and I changed the tone down. Okay. Try to make it sound as much like Pinhead as right. possible. So yeah. I didn't I didn't have Doug Bradley re-record the Fraser theme as much as our listeners may be fooled right now. <laughs> it's, it, it sounded good because you slowed it down, but I could still tell what it was. Like, yeah. with the music and everything. Well, I didn't change the, the, the timing. I just changed the tone. Yeah, okay. so... So Kelsey Grammer and David Hyde Pierce star in Clive Barker's Hell Frasier. <laughs> Radio DJ The Hell Priest, a.k.a. Pinhead, played by Kelsey Grammer, begins to fall for his Cenobite maid princess, Angelique from Hellraiser Bloodline, with an English accent. 
hilarious antics ensue when his elderly father Butterball and gay, <laughs> and gay elderly disabled father Butterball and gay English brother the Chatterer move into their house. <laughs> it's hooks, little dogs, and the dry humor, humor of a pompous ancient demon living in Seattle, Washington. <laughs> in Hell Fraser. I like it. But I don't know what to do. <laughs> I hope I hope it came across you. Know, I, it that, did. That yeah. was pinhead. Yeah, yeah, I got it. That's why I put the the clip because if it was just that, I don't think you would have got it. Right. You know, the clip, and I recorded that myself. That was well, actually, I I, I called Doug Bradley. He did me the favor. Right. He he, he did gave me the, the favor. Rug. He gave me the he, he he put me over by leaving me a voicemail saying your suffering will be legendary even in Seattle, and then I went from there with the rest. Okay. Cool. Good story. <laughs> so my number one is Hellfraser. And that's it for our top five creative horror movie sitcoms. I think it was a worthy experiment. Yeah. Maybe we can do this again sometime. I, I'm sure there's more out there. As soon as we run out of top fives, we're going to need to do a lot more of this creative list. But yeah. as it turns out, people come for the top fives. When they first start listening, they love the top fives. But the most feedback we ever get is from the episodes where we do our horror movie battle royals or we do our horror mashups or we do the thing where we get creative with it. So people like that. Yeah. So. Come for the top five. We're going to sprinkle it in. Sprinkle it in on you like some dry of that white stick deodorant in the sun. <laughs> sprinkle it in on you like if you're playing tennis out there. Sprinkle it on you like some dusty mummy cum. <laughs> dusty mummy cum. <laughs> That, that's my new wrestling gimmick. Who the heck? My name is the American Dream. I'm in the, the Egyptian Dream. Yeah. Death the Mummy Town. Death the Mummy Town. Yeah, I'm pretty sure mummies ejaculate chalk dust. I've never jerked off a mummy that I'd admit to here. But... Yet. Yet. <laughs> but if the Egyptian government is listening, I would like to Make try it this. Happen. Make it happen. Make a wish foundation. Dom, Dom doesn't have cancer, but he had back surgery. Yeah, he needs to jerk off a mummy. All I wanted to jerk off a mummy. King Tutin Cummin. <laughs> King Splutin Cummin. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for our creative horror movie sitcom. Thank He's you an so Egyptian. <laughs> so, of course, the the fucking Steve Martin yeah. song. <laughs> that's it. You're that's gonna what you're it. gonna hear. You're gonna this. hear it. <laughs> All right, well, I guess on that note, as H.P. Lovecraft once said, is he just kept flipping through the channels because he couldn't find anything worth watching. If it smells like fish, throw the fucker back.
gentlemen this is the portion of the program where we give shout outs to our patreon patrons if you haven't heard it before i'm going to tell you something new if you have heard it before you're going to listen again but if you go to itunes or stitcher give us that little subscribe link and give us that five star review it helps us a lot if you're watching this on youtube that's cool too glad you're listening but uh those itunes and stitcher things really help us you can also check us out at uh, Patreon. Just look for the postmortem show and become a patron. You get all kinds of cool shit. We've got uh, you know, creepy pastas that we write. We put music up there. Best of JD Horror Deathmatch video. All off kind topic. Of, off topic. Uh, Strokes docs. All kinds of awesome weird brain diarrhea that we throw up there. And uh, we do it every week for the most part. And uh, your level of patronage gets you different things: stickers, shirts, and even a date with us. And even the episode early. Most weeks. Yeah. I, I want to say every week, but, you know, sometimes... I'm fall behind life, life hits you. Life hits you. It punches you. you in the gut. Right in and the And you nars. know what? You know what, listeners? When, you, when you're when you laying down there on the ground, you can't like, let life keep you down. You gotta get back up. You gotta strive. You gotta fight. You gotta have the eye of the tiger. And you must always still believe. <laughs> So, first patron of the month of June, Mark B. Mark B. In honor of you and your your more than generous patronage every month, I sacrifice a small child, a small homeless child that no one would ever miss every month. Wow, every and month. I carve your initials into the body. MB. And then I mail out chunks of the corpse. To all the other patrons, so, you know, I got all your addresses. <laughs> Keep an eye out on those mailboxes, because we're getting weird here on the Postmortem Show. <laughs> Our $1 patrons, that's all you gotta be, a $1 patron to get pieces of chopped up homeless children. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we live in California, so... Uh, <laughs> You're gonna have to pay the tax on yeah. those pieces of chopped up homeless Because as Tom said, we live in California, so... Shit's not, not cheap here. <laughs> Eileen K., Eileen K., uh, you know, I got your letter. You don't appreciate the other chunks of homeless children or other small animals that I've sent you in the past, and those will stop. I will cease. Okay? Cease and desist. But the minute you stop your patronage, <laughs> many fine packages. You know what? I show my love for our patrons like a cat. I bring them prizes <laughs> from the fields. Pieces of mice. Things like that. I show up on their door, doorstep completely naked with a bell on the collar around my neck. <laughs> I make them scratch my belly and I bring them pieces. Pieces. Tom. 
In your mouth? Pieces. Yes. <laughs> pieces. Pieces of what? You be the judge. <laughs> you be the fucking judge, Dom. All right. Yeah. I, I, I will be the judge. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way you're not going to jail is if I'm the judge. <laughs> Brent W. Brent W., you know, I appreciate all your patronage and... Uh, you know what I'm going to send you in your mailbox? It's not going to be pieces of homeless children. I'm going to give you pieces of me. I'm going to give you your amount of patronage and hairs every month. I'm going to mail them out to your house. You want to know where they came from. They come from me. They come from Biff. They come from Dom. You don't even know what part of anyone's body, but someone in the studio is going to donate that amount of hairs, and they're going to show up on your doorstep. And what I want you to do is I want you to melt them down in the spoon and inject them. Slam them straight into your veins. Post-mortem speed ball. <laughs> it's called a Biff ball. <laughs> Ride the red rocket. <laughs> you ride that red rocket. And then go. I want you to go rob a bank and then send us all the money. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this. Keep giving slight suggestions there. But first, strap a bomb to your chest. <laughs> strap a pack of bar ass hot dogs. They're about forty nine cents a pack. You can get them at Food Max. Get yourself about twenty four packs of bar ass hot dogs. Get yourself a can of red spray paint and some duct tape. You could be a multimillionaire. Yeah. And all you got to do is, because I'm an engineer, I engineered this plan, just send us a small portion of that. Yeah. Increase your patronage to the next tier. <laughs> After you rob a bank. All it takes is bar ass hot dogs and some spray paint. I just want to say uh, one more time before we continue the things, anything I say here behind the paywall, um, if you're listening, if you're a law enforcement official, <laughs> FBI, anything like that, um, this is an entertainment program. Yeah. We're entertainment. These program. are jokes. These are jokes. We got yokes. Yokes. Rob it. <laughs> Raymond V. Bitcoin. Pay me in Bitcoin. <laughs> Raymond V. What am mysterious I gonna, Raymond. What am I? What am I going to send you, mysterious Raymond? Um, I'm going to send you my toenail clippings. How about that? Would you appreciate that? Get back to me. Let me know, yay or nay, and. If you you receive a mysterious package full of toenail clippings in your back back catalog, you haven't been listening to the to the thanks parts. You haven't been listening to the show, but still contributing. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a reason why you're a patron, Raymond. You can't get enough of us. You, you know, can't get enough of us, Raymond. If you send these patrons enough pieces of you. They could all get together and make a voodoo doll of you. Well, if I send them enough pieces of me, the idea is that when I die, they can co-host the show with you. Oh, they can put it all together like Voltron? Yeah, you can just assemble all of them, plug them into each other in different parts. (laughs) Eileen will be over there with the dick jokes. Yeah. We got Mark. He'll be over there talking about all his concussions he's had from deathmatch wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, Raymond can get drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Raymond, you can be drunk. Uh, Who's our next person? Aubrey T. Speaking of getting drunk, <laughs> Aubrey T. Uh, I'll, I'll send pieces of you, pieces of me to you later on tonight. <laughs> Michelle R. Michelle R. Um, I'll send pieces of me to you later on tonight. <laughs> That's not the way I expected you to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany, no last initial because she is a pop star diva. Tiffany. Thank you so much for your patronage, and 
Where am I going to send to Tiffany? It's got to be light because she's out of the country. I know. It's going to be expensive. Pay for that shit. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Send her a single tooth. I'm gonna. Well, actually, it, I broke one. Yeah. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah. Send it to her in like a jewelry box. Like she opens it. Like, oh, they sent me a ring. Oh, it's a tooth. Tiffany. After we get done with this here podcast tonight, I'm going to roll my D4 four sided dice. And I'm going to send you one to my children. <laughs> I have four. So they're small. Uh, the, the postage to where you live, out of the country, somewhere, I don't want to give it away. It's a small island. Someone will find you, and I won't give that away. But I'll send you an entire child, please. Water and feed regularly at least three times a day. But not after midnight. Not after midnight. Um, you know, you might want to plug it into the wall once a day. Give it a good charge. Give it a good charge. Yeah. But other than that, that's good parenting advice. Thank you for your patronage, Tim M. Mister Tim M. What am I going to say? Tim Mama. Tim Mama. Mister T M. Trademark. Hmm. You gonna send him a send copy of John Cena's album? <laughs> With trademark. I'm going to send you a cease and desist, Tim. Because you know what? I don't like the cut of your jib, Sonny Jim. <laughs> what is he going to cease Me and, and you, Tim, doing? we've always had problems. We've never seen eye to eye. <laughs> got heat. We've got, got heat. heat. we got serious heat, brother. you got beef. Brother, He's a vegetarian. we got beef. Me and you. You know what? You better watch your attitude. You've been sending me those messages. JD, I love the show. JD, I'm going to become a patron. JD, oh, I like the bonus content. You know what? Stop being a dick, Tim. Yeah, he's, he's mean. He is. He sends me stuff like That's that. That's what the M in Tim M is for. Tim mean. <laughs> Tim mean. Meaty. He's for now. You better start customizing this list because now he's mean. We have, we have Quilton Joe. Now we got yeah. mean Tim. We got Quilton Joe. We got Mysterious Raymond. We got mean Tim. Mean Tim. Tim. Let me tell you something, mean Tim. <laughs> mean Tim Oakland. <laughs> Speaking of Quilton Joe... Joseph C. Quilton Joe, send me a quilt. Quilton Joe, I like how they're built. Quilton Joe has the best quilts, because Quilton Joe, he's Quilton Joe. Valerie T. <laughs> Valerie T has the best quilts. Valerie T is Quilton Joe. <laughs> Maybe they should get together. Quilton Joe and Quilton Val, they can make like a quilt to like wrap the whole world in warmth. Out of the skin of the the pieces of homeless children that I send to all of our patients. We just not want that. <laughs> They're going true Native American with this. <laughs> Use the whole Use animal. every part of the homeless child. <laughs> and a single tear will, will roll down... My urethra. Let's <laughs> see a doctor. <laughs> and last but not least, the hero within. The hero within. What am I going to give the hero within? You know what I'm going to give the hero within? A five-star rating for their clothing company. Check them out. On Facebook. Artists supporting artists. And also, some homeless children. <laughs> Some of those child pieces. But you know what I'm going to do to you, Hero Within? I'm going to give you all left feet. You're going to be shit out of left when you try to fill your homeless dead children clothes. You're going to have two left feet and, two, and a right foot. You're going to be so... Everyone's going to laugh at you. You're so stupid. Look at all those homeless children yeah, left feet. I'm going to send you two left hands. You're going to have to shop... All your, whenever you go to shop for your dead homeless child brides, when you're trying to assemble them at home, you know... Do, like you do. Do it yeah, yourself like, you do, like yeah. you do. 
you're going to have to shop at the Ned Flanders Leftorium. Because <laughs> that's all you're going to find is lefts. <laughs> all right. And that's it for our and patrons. I hope you left us a five-star review. I saved it up, Dom. That's why you had to do two. That was all on the fly, Dom. It's yeah. just, you know, I'm fired up. Yeah. I'm fired up, as are you. We've, we've had a rough couple of days. Not not with each other. No. Me and Dom, we never fight. No, you know why? That's, that's why. Because when we get mad at each other, we just chop up homeless children. It's a bonding <laughs> experience. <laughs> I only get mad at him when he doesn't clean the fucking tree trimmer after he's done. Yeah. You know, it's like, fuck, I got this homeless children yeah. strung up in my basement. What am I going to do? Dom didn't intake. charge the Ryobi battery, mm-hmm. those removable batteries that they put in drills. Yeah. And, Hedge clippers, you know, you don't charge it, and then what am I supposed to do? I gotta do that shit by hand, Dom. Yeah. I don't appreciate that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll try to be better about that. Okay. No homeless children were harmed in the making of the postmortem show. That we'll talk about anyway. Yeah, but they do smell like fish. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> you, you do. I, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just trying to be honest. Yeah, they they do smell like fish, and you do throw the fuckers back into the wood chipper. <laughs> So, as H.P. Lovecraft once said, <laughs> wait, we just, we, we just I think did we did that. that already, yeah. We, I think we, we did that one. It's done. So, you guys, but thank you, patrons. You're paying for my, my brain treatments. We're going to get this going. Old Grey Mare ain't what she used to be. <laughs> we still got creepypastas to record for these We do. New okay. creepypasta okay. coming soon. <laughs> yeah, coming soon, like one minute before this episode is released because... I do it sequentially. Oh. Yeah? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like fish, throw the fucker back. Splash.